The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. Hey, we're talking Bears here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, good snowy evening to you as uh, February winds down. Oh, a little more than halfway through here. And uh, March around the corner and the start of the scouting combine. A lot of good things. We'll start moving from uh, coaching staffs and management building to building the roster for 2022. I'm Jeff Joniak. It's brought to you by IGS Energy with my partner Tom Thayer from News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Our producer tonight, Adam Stadzinski. Thanks as well to Dan Brilli and Jordan Trudup. Good evening, Tom. I know on the south uh, suburbs you probably have a little yeah. more snow than we do over here in the western suburbs. Is this true? You're shoveling yeah. already. Yeah, shoveling already. You know, trying to keep a clear path for the mailman. That's always a concern of mine. But, you know, get things cleaned around here. And then, you know, the continuous thought process of football because I think the Bears are in a unique position. They hire a new staff, a new general manager. They have a limited amount of draft choices. You have to look at tape, uh, the new coaches, and really identify where the vulnerabilities lie. And where can you patch those vulnerabilities within the scouting combine and the draft that's coming up? So usually you think, oh, wow, I got so many draft choices. I'm thinking about trades. I'm thinking about moving up and down. I think it's just right now identifying players that are going to be be a part of the foundation of the Eberflus years at uh, in Chicago. And coming up on tonight's show, in our next segment, our weekly guest, Jim Miller, former Chicago Bears quarterback from SiriusXM NFL Radio. And then at the bottom of the hour, defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, who joined the program as well. So it'll be interesting to talk to him, uh, a guy that uh, is part of a, a system that, you know, from the Tony Dungies and the Mike Tomlins and the Lovey Smiths and the Monty Kiffins, and Matt Eberflus, uh, Rod Marinelli, all those guys in Tampa Bay that have uh, spread their wings into other p- positions. Uh, and the whole thing, Tom, we'll get into it, uh, their whole identity defensively is, is about effort, effort and getting to the ball and creating turnovers. And uh, you can get all fancy with, <laughs> with all of your pass rushes, and all, but effort wins. Effort wins, and these, this group of people believe it. Right, but you know what I'm interested to see, Jeff? How is that message carried over to the offensive players? Because you talk about Matt Eberflus and the defensive staff having this mantra of hit and hustle and everything on that side of the ball. Now, how is that message going to transcend to both, really all three sides of the room, offense, defense, and special teams? And then when you start looking at once training camp begins and you maybe see a change of a player of a position, and some of it is hustle-related, every single time that there is a decision made because of a lack of a hustle or unbelievable effort given on every single snap, we're going to learn a little bit about the coaching staff and how that message is carrying through. So I'm excited to talk to Alan Williams. Everything I've heard him say, every time I see him on video, looking at some of his background interviews, he's a really interesting guy, has a serious background, and he's been around a lot of great coaches. But I'm also interested in seeing, do, do you take the system and you need the pieces to be fit in place, or can you take some of the pieces you have and fit them into the places and the development of this defense? So there's a lot of interesting things that are gonna we're going to pay attention to 
through the draft, through OTAs, leading up to training camp, and then ultimately the preseason and regular season. Right. I'm, I'm certain that uh, getting into personnel, uh, specific personnel tonight, won't be uh, something no, Williams no, no, will no, do no. at all. However, we always can speculate about what fits and what, what doesn't, and, and I'll be interested to see. You know, ultimately, you know, you got some guys circled that you know will be here. And those guys are impactful players and what that means overall because, you know, you'd like and, – and they talk about it down the middle. You had the defensive tackle position, the three technique, nose tackle, inside linebacker, the middle linebacker, and what happens at safety are, are paramount. And I'm sure Williams will, will touch on that tonight. And they, they feel that's a strength. Matt Eberflew says that's a strength of a defense is down the middle. Right, I, I understand that too, but just think if, if you don't have the specific type of player that you need the first year in your system, can you take the Khalil Mack, the Robert Quinn, the Roquan Smith, you know, hopefully the uh, Eddie Jackson turns things around, you got the Jalen Johnson, and then you got Kyrus Tonga. With the pieces in place, if you don't have the perfect template of Tampa cover two, four-man front defense, can you build a system around the assets that you have available to you right now? Well, you always want scheme versatile players uh, in this league right yes. now in this league for sure. Given the salary cap and all the dedication to a lot of offensive players and, and what that means at the quarterback position, receiver, tackle position, and even in some cases, Tom, your old position at guard. They make some dough now. They make some big make dough. That's got to make you got to make that position a priority. That's the way you know yeah. you got to go out there and look for a Thayer and a Bortz, a couple of bald uh, offensive guards. Exactly, ballers, bald ballers. <laughs> all right, coming up next, we got a former quarterback joining the program as always, Jim Miller. It's all coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score. And welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Bottom of the hour, our guest, new Bears defensive coordinator, Alan Williams. And our weekly guest, former Bears quarterback, Jim Miller from SiriusXM. NFL Radio is moving the chains with Pat Kerwin now joining the program. Jim, what's making news today, buddy? Well, Rod Marinelli, it's funny that we're going to be talking to Alan Williams because Rod Marinelli retired today. So 49 years in coaching, mm. not all in the NFL, but he started, what was it, back in 1973 coaching uh, uh, Rosemead High School. Uh, but 49 years in, in coaching, and they first connected back in 2001 on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, staff. So salute to Rod. Spent some time there uh, in Chicago. We had him on the, the show today, and what a great coach. What You know, I, I really believe this. I don't think uh, – Coaches don't lose their their shelf life. Everybody thinks that they don't. Rods, look at how well that uh, Raiders uh, defensive line played a year ago in the adversity they were dealing with. With you know Ronick and and Max Crosby, they played terrific. And and Rod now is going to ride off into sunset and spend some time with uh, friends and loved ones uh, as he should. What a terrific coach! Well, he certainly earned it, Tommy. <laughs> what a great crew. We enjoyed him up at Hallis Hall because. He was he was all about ball. So if you love ball and you want to talk X's and O's, you want to call talk about how to you know his his rushman off the line of scrimmage takeoff was important to him, and the footwork had to be reinstituted every couple days, just pounding the same things so it becomes muscle memory. Well, you know he was respect he was respected front and back. You know from the defensive linemen to the defensive backs to the offensive linemen and beyond, and I think that's why Rod Maller. Mar- 
Rod Marinelli had such a long, sustained uh, coaching career is because he treated everyone equally. Whether you are a star on the team or you are a guy that was struggling to make the team, he yelled at you the same. He treated you the same. He expected the same effort out of you. And I like the way that Rod Marinelli sometimes would carry the conversation over to an offensive lineman, not doing specific coaching, but talking to them about something maybe he's recognized in or out of their stance, something about their hand placement and how it affects defensive linemen. The footwork that's attached to offensive line play and Rod Marinelli when you have that many years of experience I think you gain the respect of every position out there and you could probably go to any coaching staff and coach any position but he was where he belonged coaching guys that come out of his stance that get the grunt work done and you know there's a lot expected a lot on, on their shoulders for the overall success of the team. Jim, did you touch on Matt Eberflus with him because he's a he's a big uh, big fan of Matt Eberflus? Yeah, no, we didn't t- touch on it. It was just more about Rod and all the great experiences that he had uh, in the National Football League and the reasons why he was uh, stepping away. And you know he was he was grateful, you know, and he he really like like Tom said he and I thought it was pretty telling from his standpoint. He said I always felt that you had to build the man first and then you build the player, you know, because he just wanted accountable young men that he knew that he could coach and were going to respond to his, his coaching because he, he was an excellent teacher. And I think if you can teach, all, all players want to get better. If you make them better as, as a player, that's all players care about uh, from that standpoint. And I think that's where that separates great coaches like Rod. He was a great teacher, and guys were always willing to receive uh, that teaching. All right, in the division today, the uh, rollout of Kevin O'Connell is the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings uh, with Kwesi Adolfo uh, also involved as general manager, leaving the L.A. Rams as offensive coordinator. I know Chris Rumpf, the former Bears defensive line coach, goes over there, and so does Ed Donatel. Tom, Ed Donatel with the Bears here uh, with Vic Fangio is now the defensive coordinator up in Minnesota, uh, knows the division. He's now worked for the Packers, the Bears, and now the Vikings. And uh, so that's that's big news, as is a word from Green Bay that uh, Tom Clements, the former Notre Damer, back as quarterback coach. So that uh, signals a few things, I think, uh, regarding the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, the thing about so right now two teams within the division are going to change their defensive styles, where Minnesota has spent the years with Mike Zimmer playing out of a four-man front, and now Ed Donatel, I assume, is going to go back to his traditional three-four front that he's coached alongside uh, Vic Fangio for a number of years in, in Atlanta and stuff. And then when you look at the Bears, they're changing their defensive front from a 3-4 style, obviously, to a four-man Matt Eberflus defense. So it's going to be interesting because they're, I think you're going to expect more out of Detroit. Minnesota will be a completely different team. Will they have that uh, L.A. explosiveness that, that the Rams displayed this year? Because when you look at Cooper Cup and you look at Justin Jefferson, you look at Adam Thielen, you look at some of the other weapons they have, you look at Dalvin Cook, it's going to be an interesting offensive display over there. they got to decide what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I think they, it might be mandatory that they stay with Kirk Cousins. So this division is going to be a lot different. And the one thing that scares me about Green Bay hiring Tom Clements, that was always one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite coaches. Do they have some underground underground agreement? Look, you go and you coach the you go and hire the coach that I enjoy being around, and then I'll high, consider staying here. 
But if you don't put me in an atmosphere that I don't enjoy, then you got to send me on my way. Yeah, I agree. That's a, it's really just a, a olive branch to to Aaron Rodgers to hang around Green Bay, and they'll probably you know I think Green Bay's going to have to pay him. They're probably going to have to add a couple of years to to Aaron Rodgers' contract for for him to stick around. I would think from that standpoint, he's under contract. I mean, they don't have to trade him, but right. you do know that San Francisco. They were the first team that called to try and work that trade. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett and Denver are probably going to make that call, but this is the first olive branch towards uh, Aaron. As for Kevin O'Connell, uh, I'm with you. I, I, I think there's very minimal changes they're going to do on the offense. They only have literally two starters that won't be under contract. So it's going to be the same. He's hired to work with Kirk Cousins. All those rumors of, of trades being available last week, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going anywhere. Kevin O'Connell will work with him, Justin Jefferson, and the young, talented running back, and he'll bring over the system, which is similar already to what they do with the L.A. Rams. It's defensively where they're going to have big changes, and Tom brought up uh, what uh, Ed Donatello is going to do. Uh, he's terrific with the secondary, but that is going to be completely rebuilt. They literally have eight to nine guys that are free agents, and they are going to look totally different defensively for Minnesota. Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome into another edition of Bears All Access coming up at the bottom of the hour, joined by defensive coordinator Alan Williams. So, uh, Jim, the Bears rapidly put together that coaching staff. Uh, it took a, you know, a little more than a, a, about two weeks, but they, they clearly had their sights set on guys to make it happen this quick. So uh, a bunch of names that uh, have been around in the NFL, they cast a, a very – uh, I call it a mosaic of, of coaches from different backgrounds in the NFL, uh, but just beyond the coordinators, touching on Dave Borgonzi, the linebackers coach here on defense, Andre Curtis, the safeties coach on the defensive line. They go with Travis Smith, and his assistant is Justin Hines. Uh, you've got Carlos Polk, an assistant special teams coach, who's been a, a linebackers coach in this league, I believe, as well. Uh, one holdover, Ron L. Williams on the defensive quality control side, and defensive back coach James Rowe. Uh, so overall, how does that uh, fit for you in terms of your view of of things uh, for the defense. Yeah, I think, it, you know, Iberflus, I still think, is going to have a, a heavy hand on the defense, although Alan Williams knows it. I mean, he's been in that same system for a long time. He is more than capable to take it over if uh, Iberflus wants to do more delegating. And we talked last week to, to Luke Getze. I think we understand the style of offense uh, that is coming over. It will be more play-action based, and it will be more outside zone run-based. I think we need to look at – you know, that's been kind of the hot offense around the NFL, and it's whether you call it the Shanahan coaching tree, and I mean Kyle Shanahan, not Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, because they all seem to stem from that system. And obviously when you look at LaFleur and where Getze comes from, that system's coming to Chicago. But it will have an emphasis on, uh, I think, what uh, Justin Fields is able to do with his movement skills. There will be more bootlegs called. There will be more movement uh, plays called. I think there will be a lot of, you know, can – uh, have quarterback draws called to take advantage of his legs until he gets caught up to speed in the, in the passing attack. But I do think it's going to be more play-action base, and that's really what it's been. It's been about marrying the run and the pass. That's what that offense has been able. But it is based on a, a ground game to start, and I think that should be just music to every Bears fan's ears that has been screaming for that for, for quite some time. You know, one thing about this, though, you really have to think of when they went and they drafted Kittle in San Francisco, and I don't think they ever expected him to be the dominant tight end that he is in this league. 
considered one of the best tight ends in the league. And when you talk about all that edge outside zone running, Jim, you got to have that tight end position who's explosive, dominating, can handle one-on-one blocks, is great in helping at the line of scrimmage and going to that second level. And so I immediately go and I think to Cole Komet. And I know Cole went to the tight end camp last year that they had organized by Kittle, but if you're going to run that style of offense, if you're going to have a dominant outside edge, then you better get the guys that offensive linemen that can either get to the edge or a tight end that can create an edge by the the point of contact. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, look at even for the Rams. Unfortunately, he was unable to play in the Super Bowl, but Tyler Higby has de- developed into a really good tight end. I mean, he had even 61 receptions heading into Super Bowl week, which he wasn't able to play. Uh, due to the injury to the MCL. And I think you can say the same thing about Robert Tanyan. He's developed into a pretty good tight end. Unfortunately, he went down uh, for Green Bay, but it is a big part of it. All those bootlegs and the over routes, and you got to be able to run, and I think it's right up Cole Komet's alley. I I think that's really where his strengths are as a player. He can be a good inline blocker. He can get even better at it, but I think – those underneath stuff, uh, I don't expect him to, to go vertical and have the run after the catch Kittle does, but I think he's got big play capability on, on the bootleg game and things he can do between the hash marks, absolutely. And his new tight ends coach is Jim Dre, a former NFL tight end for many years. Uh, also, Andrew Janako, the quarterback's uh, coach, offensive line. Tommy, Chris Morgan is the offensive line coach. And uh, assistant tight ends coach Tim Zetz, David Walker, the running back coach, Tyke Tolbert passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach and assistant offensive line coach is Austin King. So that's the Bears coaching staff for 2022. So familiar names we've seen uh, from uh, different parts of the National Football League. Uh, Tyke Tolbert in particular has been an outstanding receivers coach uh, during his time as well. We're going to step away, take a break. When we come back, we'll have some Super Bowl leftovers and take a look at, uh, you know, this big conversation about, okay, Cincinnati and the Rams make it to the Super Bowl. How you get there, how you win it, what can the Bears do to get on that path? We'll discuss with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio, I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score coming up in moments. Alan Williams, the Bears' new defensive coordinator, joins the program. A new position created uh, at the Bears, Tom and Jim, this week by general manager Ryan Poles. It's the uh, Clyde Emmerich Director of High Performance in honor of the legendary Clyde Emmerich, the longtime strength and uh, strength coach who passed away back in November here, and we all loved him. Uh, so I, I was good to see that and the hiring of Brent Salazar. So he'll be the team strength and conditioning and work with the strength and conditioning sports science department and work with the athletic training staff as well. So the stated goal, Tom and Jim, maximizing player health, safety, and performance. So a performance director kind of to work with all those departments. How do you feel about it? Well, I I wish they would have put the word strength in there because I think that's one of the things that the Bears need to get better at without ever their feet touching a grass field is getting stronger in the locker room or getting stronger in the weight room that helps you perform your job better. 
So I hope Brent goes and studies a little bit about Clyde Emmerich because the weight room is named after Clyde. Now this position is named after Clyde. And you have to learn the foundation of Clyde Emmerich to understand how important his role was in the success of the franchise over its history and how he would like to see that go down the road. But I think it's got to be strength as much as anything. Yeah, and he, you know, he's he's not a newbie. He's been around now. So this guy was with the, the Chiefs for a long time, an assistant strength and conditioning coach from 2007 to 2015, spent some time with the Vikings. And so, you know, it's like anything. There is cutting-edge stuff that you can do in sports science to optimize a player performance, but uh, I'm with Tom. At the, at the end of the day, you got to be strong. you got to be agile. Uh, you got to be able to, you know, football's a tough sport. You got you got to be up for for those challenges that are ahead of you. And I think Salazar is is more than capable to get that done. Yeah, I also work with the Broncos, so a decade of strength and conditioning yeah. experience as well uh, for a guy who also worked outside of the football realm at a company called Kipman Labs as a performance strategist as well. So interesting because uh, I think I just read something on the Forty ers have something similar. And it's just marrying all that together uh, for the, the the health and well-being of every single player and trying to get the most out of them performance-wise. I tell you, you know, throughout my entire career, I wish this is a coach they had on our staff because they didn't worry about diet, encouraging diet or the supplying food or the proper hydration stages that you go through during the course of a week if you're getting ready to play a hot weather game. I'm all for this department because I had such a problem with cramping through my career that sometimes it, it hurt me in the fourth quarter and 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 I IV'd numerous times after the game so I think of all the positions that have come on board in the last 20 years in the NFL this is probably the one of the most important Jim how would have something like that uh, helped you in your career as quarterback well I think like anything well because I had a lot of surgeries rehabil- rehabilitation you know recovery I think is a big part of it. I mean, think of now they've got those cryo chambers where, you know, guys like Tom and I, you'd go 20 minutes in the cold tub, 20 minutes in the hot tub. Now you're in that cryo chamber for what, two minutes, (laughs) you know, and don't stay longer than that. (laughs) Otherwise, uh, you know, you'll end up with Antonio Brown uh, feet at the end of the day. So everything's just a lot, you know, a lot more condensed that way you can, you know, you're only out there one practice. So you're exerting yourself you know, as much as you can to get the maximize the reps that you do get nowadays. And now you've got to be able to, to maximize your recovery, your performance and, and everything is just so much different in, in how you prepare to maximize players to get on the field on, on game day. I really believe that. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Alan Williams joins us, the Bears new defensive coordinator here with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Jonah here with Adam Sadinsky, our producer here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. I'm Jeff Joniak, and pleased to be joined by the new defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. We welcome in for the first time on this show, Alan Williams. Alan, good evening. Hope you're doing well. How's it going, my friend? Doing well. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, especially in a snowstorm, right? (laughs) I don't think it's too bad up where you are, but down here it's not so hot. I didn't even know it was snowing. We've been uh, in the um, the room grinding a little bit, so I uh, that's news to me that it's snowing outside. Well, that's the perfect line from a from a coach. 
because the grinding never <laughs> stops, you know. Uh, and congratulations again on, on this opportunity for you uh, to join Matt Eberflus. Uh, how has uh, has it been going? It's a it's a transition with a, a brand new staff. There's some familiarity for you with other Colts assistants coming over here, and maybe people you've become familiar with over the course of your time in the National Football League. But how has the transition in? What do you think of the collection of coaches that uh, Matt has put together? I'm really loving it. Uh, I'm starting to get to know the offensive guys, and uh, they seem like they are outstanding coaches. I, I trust Matt. I trust his judgment. I trust uh, everything about it. So uh, they're in there grinding as well. And we are uh, in the room getting to know each other, starting to install the defense, going through the details of what we call things, how we call it, coverages, fronts, that whole thing. So we're starting to get to know each other and um, uh, and and starting to gel. Hey, Coach Allen, this is uh, Tom Thayer, an ex-offensive lineman. Welcome to Chicago. Glad to have you. Love your energy so far. Um, Coach, when you're going into this new adventure as a defensive coordinator, where do you see yourself? Are you are you a sideline guy from your playing career to the other coaching stops you made? But now you're a defensive coordinator. Do you think you'll be upstairs or downstairs? I think I'll be downstairs uh, as, as of right now, but I, I'm going to reserve that to – uh, to change it and do do something different if if need be. One of the things that as a defensive coordinator you you want to get to know you want to get to know the feel of the guys on game day. You want to be able to look them in their eyes and uh, make adjustments. And that's a little bit tough if you're upstairs. And uh, but also one of the things I uh, from my previous stints and being a defensive coordinator, I do know you can see much 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 better upstairs. Uh, so we're we're still looking at that. We'll see uh, what the staff looks like in terms of how we adjust, how they see things, uh, and and then we'll make a decision based on what's best for us uh, as a staff and as a defense. You know, Coach Al, from you and Coach Eberflus, we've heard a lot about your hits. Uh, principle but now as a defensive coach and you're do, you're developing a new defense how do you in the modern day football how do you rep hitting and tackling on a practice field that includes full pads I'm not being unrealistic about OTAs and such but when you do get in full pads how do you rep it yeah one of the things that we do um, first of all we in practice we run to the ball unbelievably hard and uh, that's from the, the D linemen, from the tackles and the ends, and even the, the backside corner. Everyone is running to the ball. And, and then instead of just tagging off, which, uh, with, which a lot of people do, two hands below the waist to simulate a tackle, we put our bodies on the, on the runner, on the ball carrier. So we get close enough that you can put your body on a guy. That, and if you can put a body on the guy, uh, you should be able to tackle him. And then we... We want to make sure we every time we put our body on a guy, we try to strip the ball. So we're punching, we're hammering the ball. We we try not to rake it so that uh, uh, so that we don't pull on the ball and 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 have hamstring injuries from our offensive guys. Uh, but we are trying to knock the ball out and put our bodies on the ball, and and that's one way of simulating. And then the other way is just uh, through drill work uh, that we. Uh, we use pads, we uh, use shields, and we put the shields on the bodies of our guys, and we, we hit the shield so that they feel the body weight of another player, but also wrap up uh, around the hamstrings and, 
and uh, finish three yards through uh, the endpoint. So those are two ways we uh, we do it. And then uh, we have something called a sprint tackle, which we uh, work on vice tackling, where it's two guys on one, one guy's on the inside, one guy's on the outside, and we keep leverage on the football. And um, and and that's the third way we use to uh, to work on our tackling because um, you know during the season. Uh, you get pretty beat up, and even OTAs, you you get uh, fairly beat up, and um, uh, those are ways that uh, you can keep the guys fresh without banging their bodies. Well, Coach Jim Miller here. Congratulations, welcome to Chicago. And here, Bears fans will take six more weeks of winter. You're like Puxatani Phil. You're already grinding tape, all all hold up in there. But Bears fans will take it. Uh, I did have the opportunity to talk to Rod Marinelli today. I believe you were on the staff down in Tampa, and he talked about all that that drill work that you just broke down uh, for the Bears fans out there. But something struck me in talking to, to Rod, who's a longtime great in the NFL. He said, "Build the man, and then you can build." the player uh the, you know can you expand on, on that a little bit coach because that truly was a great staff down there in tampa fantastic staff that's where i got my start that's where i cut my teeth and uh rod was one of the first guys that took me in and kind of taught me d-line play so i know that uh talking with him must have been a must have been a treat um build the man we were just talking about that rod has a folder of just different types of things, uh, sayings, motivations, drills, uh, all those type of things that, uh, that build up a man. And the reason for that is, um, and this would be a Coach Dungy thing, um, and we would say that if our players came here and played for the Chicago Bears, and at some point they'll have to leave, and if all they know or if all they are are better in terms of X's and O's or just a better football player, uh, we as coaches have failed. We want to make sure that uh, the players are, are better men, the players uh, are better people in the community. We want to affect the community in a positive way. And we want our players to be better husbands and uh, better fathers. So if our guys are, if we invest in the man, if we invest uh, in the person, we know it's, it's been proven that you'll get a better product on the football field. Their lives are, are more intact. Their lives are better, and uh, they become better players. So we're at, we're into building the uh, the guy ground up, and not just uh, the X's and O's. And and then I think was so interesting. I spent a little time down in Tampa. Is is once the players see the standard that that's on tape. You, you hold them to it, you know, and say, hey, there it is. You know, you're on tape doing it, and and to hold a player to the standards they're, they're capable of playing down in and down out. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I, I would say that, uh, and we'll, we'll show them on tape, and there's, uh, there's many, many years of uh, what the standard looks like on tape from, yeah. uh, and people go, well, what, what do you talk about the standard, and what do you mean years of tape, and, just the, the history of, of this defense that uh, from the Chuck Knowles days to the, to the Steelers, to the Tampa days, to the Indianapolis Colts, to uh, the Chicago Bears and uh, the first go around with, with Lovey Smith until um, to now. And some people would say, well, is that standard uh, coverages and, and the fronts? And I would say, no, the standard is just the, the way you go about your business, the way you go about the hits principle 
the way you hold guys to a standard, the way you coach uh, the man and not just the the player, um, the way you teach, all those things are, are, are the standard for the coach and the player, the player and the coach. Alan Williams, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Jeff Joniak top there. Jim Miller with our special guest, defensive coordinator Alan Williams, the former running back at William & Mary yes. uh, at dual yes. threat because you had some good hands too. So the offensive guy in you becomes a defensive coach. Any irony to this, or was this uh, somewhat of a natural transition in some way? I don't know. You tell me. No, not natural at all. I really struggled <laughs> when I first moved over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, uh, truth be told. Uh, but uh, one of the things that um, that Coach Jimmy Laycock, who was our, our coach at William & Mary uh, in those days, he would say, if you're going to be a, a good coach, you must be a good communicator, you must be a good teacher. And there are going to be some rough spots uh, along the way, but um, – uh, if you find good mentors, if you find other coaches that are that are willing to invest in you, um, uh, you'll you'll rise to the top, and and that's that's what I did. And at William Mary, that's what I did when I went to Tampa. We had uh, phenomenal teachers: uh, Tony Dungy, Rod Marinelli, um, Lovey Smith, Mike Tomlin, Joe Barry. All those guys were uh, phenomenal teachers, and and still in the NFL uh, today in some capacity. So I was fortunate to have um, uh, people that were that invested uh, uh, in my career, invested in, in me as a as a coach, a man, as a teacher. Hey, Coach Allen, on the side of our Super Bowl ring from '85, Mike Dicka had a word printed on there in capital letters. It was ACE, A C E, and it stood for attitude, character, and enthusiasm. And he said every great player has to have this in him, or it's hard to make it in the NFL. I, I like your hits principles, and I, is it something that you guys refer to often during the course of a season, or is it something you tell the players that's what you expect out of them at the beginning of the year, and then you evaluate these guys if they live up to it? You know, usually you get what you emphasize. So uh, if, if, if the hits principle was something that we would just mention and, and not bring it up until it was a problem, um, we wouldn't be very good. The hits principle is something that we emphasize every day. So the the uh, the hustle, the intensity, um, the takeaways in some capacity, and situational football, that's an everyday deal. So whether it's just uh, bringing it up on tape and practice, whether it's uh, logging in, who turned the ball over, or if it's just a uh, situational third down or two minutes, that's a that's an everyday deal. So uh, we're going to get what we emphasize, and that's a that's something that we talk about, something that we preach, and something that we have to get the uh, the players to to buy in. And and once they see that, and the biggest thing is that when they buy in, when they see that the principle uh, equates to to wins, uh, that's when you really see the you'll really see the defense uh, exploding and. And, uh, and improving and getting better. I love what you said about teaching, Coach, because, you know, I, I, I don't like when people say, well, Coach has got a shelf life. Not if you're a good teacher. And, and if a player knows that he's getting better as a player, they're, they're, they're going to be all in. And I just like to know about modern era players, you know, and what it's <laughs> like to teach modern era players because I think they want to get better too. I, I really do as a former player. 
I, I think some people would say the players have changed, and I would say no. I would say the good players, they have not changed. Uh, good people uh, don't change. And what players uh, want, whether they're players from um, – 50 years ago or 20 years ago or today, every player wants to know uh, how you can help them. And that's from the rookie walking in the door, barely making the team, to the, the vet that's been to the Pro Bowl. They want to know um, how you can help them improve on a daily basis. So I really don't think that the, the players have changed. Technology has changed some. The rules have changed some. But the fundamental basis of, Coach, can you help me, I don't think that'll ever change. All right, our last question for uh, Coach Allen Williams, Bears' new defensive coordinator here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, we appreciate all your time. I know uh, every minute is valuable these days. Uh, so you've had a chance uh, uh, to get a deeper dive into what's, what's here already. What is your overall impression? Not to get too specific on individual people, but we know who some of the stars are and how they'll transition in. But overall, which, what's your view? First class, um, first class in every way, first class from the, the different people that called and welcomed me to uh, Chicago, to uh, the relocation process, to uh, meeting uh, some of the, the owners, to uh, the people in the cafeteria, to the players that have dropped by or called and um, just came by my office and sat down and said, Coach, uh, welcome here. Tell me what you want. Uh, tell me what you need. Tell me how to get it done, and and I'm all in. So um, I, I just think first class in every way, and uh, the the little time that I'm out in the community, uh, just seeing the uh, the the fans that are out there and um, uh, hungry for a, a winning football team, and the way they express it, uh, I'm. I'm really looking forward to being here in Chicago for for a long time. Well, congratulations again. I uh, hope that's the case a long time and some great success for the Chicago Bears moving forward. Alan Williams, appreciate your time. Yep, you're welcome. Very welcome. Bears new defensive coordinator. Our guests will step away. Tom and Jim return. We'll take a look at, again, some post-Super Bowl notes and talk a little more Bears detail on what's ahead here with the scouting combine around the corner and free agency about a month away. Here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. Just finished up our conversation with Alan Williams. Our final uh, segment of the show tonight. Uh, very nice man right there who's had a ton of experience, has been a defensive coordinator before, and knows this defense backwards and forwards. So, you know, finding the right fits for all those guys. You know, my, my biggest question for this, D-Lay, who's going to be the three-technique defensive tackle? Jim, you know, that's that's one of my yeah. big ones. And, you know, we've talked about Roquan Smith, you know, ideal fit right in that position. But what if you found another inside linebacker and put him at weak side linebacker and be a, a devastating right. player that can do a lot of different damage, uh, oh, certainly yeah. covering to- backs, blitzing and all that. I mean, your mind starts – you know, wondering about these different things if you were in his position where you'd put a, a guy based on his uh, skill set, well, what he's proven, traits, et cetera. Yeah, just his ability to run. I mean, he is. He's he's kind of a Lance Briggs type of player when I look mm-hmm. at Roquan Smith. 
you know, uh, Lance was, you know, I believe he was running back in high school. I mean, a sure guy was. can just flat out run, and, and Roquan's the same way. That dude's a heat-sinking missile. I think he's a run-and-hit guy, and maybe that's ultimately his spot. But I think you're right. It starts with the three technique. Currently, I, it, I don't think it's on the roster right now, My is my personal opinion. If you're looking at it for a penetrating defensive tackle. Um, you know, here free agency's just around the corner. Uh, the ability to to draft one, you know, you think of Tommy Harris when the, when the Bears nailed it with with that pick. I mean, there's I think it's it's all on the table whether it's through free agency, whether it's via a trade, or whether it's uh, drafting a young player that you think can be really the the devastating penetrator as a three technique. You know, I think there's two things. First of all, Roquan Smith, he gives you the luxury of playing where you need him the most. And that was talked a lot about when Brian Erlacher was first uh, drafted here. Where does he best fit and where can he help this team the most, the quickest? And I think that's an opportunity that you're going to be able to exam- examine with Roquan Smith. And to me, I think Blau Nichols could go in and play that three technique. I don't know... You know, this guy has gone from three, every single position up and down the defensive line over the last couple of years due to injuries and people missing starts and stuff. If you put Blau Nichols in one spot and you said, okay, you have the luxury to play on the outside shoulder of the offensive guards, we're going to create one-on-ones for you. The first thing we need you to do is get into the offensive backfield. I think Blau Nichols is capable of doing that. Yeah, he's in a contract situation, so you have to make that decision. So are they completely left, you know, lifeless at that position? No. Uh, To me, I think Blau Nichols with his size, his ability to anticipate the snap count, his discipline at the line of scrimmage, the way he can work stunts with Robert Quinn or whomever else he's working with, I, I still think that he would be, I would like to investigate what he can contribute at that position. Well, you just listen to Williams, and you, you immediately, when you start preparing for the draft, uh, Jim and Tom, and, and you're look, looking for key words and key traits from Matt Eberflus uh, regarding the uh, defense, and we'll eventually hear the same from Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator. But, you know, you're doing your research, Jim. You were at the Senior Bowl, and uh, we're going to be at the Combine here in a short while uh, on March 1st. You're going to look for guys, okay, this sounds like somebody that can play in a Bears defense like this. And it all begins – with being aggressively hitting, uh, great tacklers, speed, and taking the ball away. So those are our touch points, right, to find the guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I look at, uh, oh, shoot, from the Super Bowl, that Logan Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy is just all over the field, just in his ability uh, to attack and run to the football and the plays that he made. I mean, that is, to me, uh, a type of linebacker that you want that has that type of energy uh, that you're looking for. And that Wyoming tight end, that, or excuse me, linebacker that was down in, in Mobile, Chad Muma, I mean, same thing. If you go look at Logan Wilson's uh, total tackles compared to Chad Muma's, and I think even during the week and during the game, he caused a forced fumble, and the guy had, I think, 142 tackles last year for Wyoming. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Logan Wilson and has just kind of carried over that that mantle. Guys who can run, fly to the football. I mean, those that's who the Bears are looking for right now, just absolute players that are heat-seeking missiles. You know, the thing about it is, is this whole effort part of the evaluation, sometimes that's the hardest thing to evaluate. You can see these guys, the reason they're being evaluated or invited to the Combine or going to these All-Star games, they show that they have traits to get themselves into this position. Now, 
effort is a hard measurable until you get them fatigued, until you get them into an atmosphere where it's 95 degrees and see what they're doing in the third and fourth quarter. So, yeah, you know, sometimes you, you base a lot of assumptions on what these guys are able to do up into this level at football. But when you're talking about the level they need to play in the NFL to be a great player, and then you're talking about, or Jim talking about the efforts that he's talking about, those are going to be the things that you're going to decide in some of the most difficult moments of their, right. the beginnings of their careers. But don't you think you can see that on tape? Um, no. Well, I mean, yeah, you can see it. You can see it. I, I, I take that back. However, you don't know what some players are going to do when they go to that next level, Jeff, when they're playing against better offensive linemen, better ta- better blockers at tight end. You know, they have more coverage responsibilities. It's just the way are can they elevate their game from where where they've gotten to to where they ultimately need to be? Because listen to the, some of the names you're talking about right now. When we're talking about these types of names, you're talking about all pro, pro bowl, you know, Hall of Fame caliber of guys. All right, we got two minutes left. Uh, what, what are your Super Bowl leftovers? Start with Tom. Uh, what were your impressions? Uh, I was disappointed that OBJ blew his knee out because Matthew Stafford threw the ball behind. And when he had to plant and try to make that catch, that's when he blew his knee out. If Stafford would have put the ball in front of him, he would have ran through the football. I don't think that injury would have ever happened, and he might have ended up being the MVP. Uh, You know what? It carried over for me all through the playoffs. Mismanagement of the clock. You know, and wrong substitutions and things like that. Because I was at the game, like the first turnover on downs by the Bengals, Joe Mixon was running on the field on third and one. And then the time ran out, and so the running backs coach called him back over. They hand off to Samaji Pirine. He gets stuffed, and then they have an incompletion on fourth and one. So the first series ended up being the last or second of the last series of the game when Samaji Pirine was in there again when Joe Mixon had a 4.8 average and was averaging or. Uh, should have been in there on that particular play to try and edge the to get the first down, and that was littered through the whole you know playoffs. You know, you look at the 13 seconds left in the Buffalo Bills versus Kansas City game. I thought that was mismanaged from a coaching staff. So how hard? I mean, because minimum the Bengals have the ball at the 50. Your minimum thinking they're going to get a field goal out of this, right? At least mm-hmm. I was to send mm-hmm. it to overtime, right? And well, my takeaway, because we only have 30 seconds, Big Jim, is the stars do shine. Aaron yes. Donald makes the big play. Uh, Cooper Cup was unstoppable when it happened. The no-look throw by Matthew Stafford, which he's done before. I can't stop watching that one. That was fantastic. Those are my takeaways, and uh, the best team won on this particular day. Fellas, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. want to thank our guests uh, here today, Alan Williams, the Bears defensive coordinator, our producer, Adam Stadinsky, and most of all, you for listening. For Jim Miller and Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Good night on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.